Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Hello, my beautiful red women. It's Elaine Kalila, and I'm here today to offer another podcast episode into a theme that I've been working with and uncovering in the last few episodes here. Um, and that is around the lineage of the Rose, the Rose Mysteries, the Rose Mysteries calls a sisterhood of the Rose. And, um, really bringing forward this deep and profound curiosity and tingling of remembrance that so many of us have. The rising of the interest in Mary Magdalene over the last 20 to 30 years in our cultural zeitgeist has been one that has caught the imagination of many of us who are drawn to the path of the priestess, who are drawn to the path of divine feminine spirituality. And for many of us who um, had known Mary Magdalene as being this historical figure who was really deemed a fallen woman, a cast out woman, a prostitute, um, someone who was reviled and separated and unclean, right? And I know for many of us that depiction of her has sparked an interest because she, like so many, of her predecessors, of other women who were spiritual teachers and priestesses, oracles, and seers, medicine women, um, were cast out, demonized as fallen women, as unclean, untouchable, that they had to be cast out of the, um, you know, the rising of the Christian church and the, the incredible dominance of the patriarchal Roman Catholic church that has kind of seeped through into the global, um, you know, thinking, the global way of relating to our spirituality and really that colonization and evangelizing of that patriarchal Christianity that wrote women out of the script completely, not just to avoid women, but really to, um, to name them as unclean, sinful, wrong, um, demonized, you know, and use that as a, as a reason, right, to enact incredible acts of torture and violence against women and against the feminine. So, my, my knowing is that 
we are being called to remember something about these women, Mary Magdalene being one of them, Mother Mary being another, Salome, Mary Salome, Salome of the Seven Veils. Um, you know, these women throughout our Western history who have threads of the mystery, of the mystery of the divine feminine, the mystery of the soul's involution into our bodies, of the soul's journey, um, to remember who we are, right? That these women held keys to that. And as such, we are all here remembering threads of what it means to be a sister of the rose. So I want to start there. So if you haven't listened to Annabelle de Boulay or to Marin Back Ontonson's um, podcasts, I highly recommend that you do so because we lay out in those two podcasts what the Rose Mysteries are. And, you know, this is the truth, is that we don't have a written history. <laughs> we don't have um, documentation of this lineage of the rose. What we have are memories that are etched into our blood, breath, and bones. What we have is some ancient scriptures and some shards of text and some ancient myths that point to this mystery of how we go through this lifetime in a cycle of being born of dying to who we are and of being reborn in a new form. This metamorphic process is at the very heart of the divine feminine mysteries. We are metamorphic by nature. You know, the Venus cycle that Annabelle de Boulay talked about in her offering speaks about this ancient tracking of the journey of Venus from morning star to evening star to morning star again, and this descent journey, the descent of the soul into the body. And the rose mysteries because it is the Venus rose that she makes that five-petaled rose in the sky as her insignia, her sacred geometry, if you will, that holds the mystery of this underworld journey that was then first laid down into writing, you know, um, during the Sumerian times in ancient Babylonia, when the myth of Inanna was bought into a, a, an amazing hymn, an amazing enactment of this sacred drama. And there was a lot of different pieces. And what I want you to think about is in the myth of Inanna, every single one of those characters is in fact a celestial being, is, um, is archetypally connected, right, into the planets, into the story of the planets. And um, I'm going to be following up this interview with my next podcast, so just dropping a little seed here with a beloved sister, sister Tammy Brunk, who is a shamanic astrologer and is particularly um, well-versed and very eloquent around the Venus initiation. So we're going to be talking about that in our next podcast. But what I want you to consider here is that this um, this underworld journey that Inanna lays out for us, where she moves from being the queen of heaven to come down into this earthly realm and to go into the underworld to meet her dark sister, Ereshkigal, that is a template, right, for our own journey as Sisters of the Rose, 
to go through what Mary Magdalene would call this action, this, this, this process of becoming fully human, of becoming anthropos. And what I want to say to you about that word anthropos, to become fully human, is the, the Greek word anthropos, to become awakened in our humanity. You know, in the Buddhist sense, they would say enlightened, to become awake as a human. And what does it mean to become awake as a human? It means from the Magdalene tradition, from her teachings, Yeshua's teachings, the way of love's teachings, this journey into our humanity is through awakening all the places where we turn away from love and remembering what it is to choose love. Now, that's an incredibly simplified way of looking at it. But essentially, the underworld journey where Inanna goes through those seven gateways, and at every gateway she is required, right, to lay down some aspect of her judgment, her separation from love, her superiority, her um, closed-heartedness, her um, separation or shaming of the body, right, all of these internalized what we could say, internalize patriarchal, sinful ways of being, right? Really, this journey says that it's not just that we lay down our sin, but we actually embrace our shadow at each one of those gateways into the mystery, that we are guided to come face to face in a personal compassionate, loving, understanding way how our humanity and how our fears and how our our greed and selfishness and our competition and comparison and our judgments and our all of our human foibles are in fact not to be discarded as being wrong and bad, but to be embraced as being part of what awakens us to a deeper sense of our humanity, to being awake to who we're being in each moment and making a choice about how we will show up in our lives. And so the underworld journey is an opportunity to die to who we have been, to literally come into a process where we get to um, look at ourselves honestly with compassion and humility, and to look at ourselves honestly in a process of self-revelation, integrity, truth, as to where we have been off the mark. You know, the original definition of the word sin was off the mark, to be out of the center. And even predating that, what I find really fascinating is sin actually meant those from the left-handed path. And it really referred to the moon priestesses and the womb priestesses and the shamankas who were the ones who followed the left-handed path, the way of the goddess, as opposed to the right-handed path, the ways of the god. And so we can even understand how that the way of sin got demarcated as being something that was to be put into the underworld, to be scared of, that was dark or demonic. And this idea that the underworld is where the devil lives or where the demons live or it's scary or it's wrong or it's bad or it's where you get banished to, 
is something that has been, you know, made wildly popular as a point of view through the Christian church, through Christian theology, when in fact the underworld is where we go to be reborn. It is where we go to dismantle who we have been, to let go, to die to who we have been and be reborn. And that is right at the center of the Christian myth. Jesus himself goes through this death and resurrection that is, again, emulating that earlier journey of Inanna, emulating the Venus cycle. This core embedded mythology that is at the heart of our humanity, which is that we have eternal life here now. What does that mean? Eternal life here now means that we are, as a soul being, yes, eternal, but within our human life, that we have the opportunity to be reborn time and time again, to go through many, many layers of our evolution through one lifetime. And I bet if you look at your own lifetime, and this is really true for me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that now, given my own story, but you probably look back at your lifetime, depending on how long you've been alive in this incarnation anyway, and you probably look back and you can see that there have been seasons of your life, that there have been many chapters, many versions of you that have lived and died and been reborn again, right? Um, you know, when I look back at my own life, I can kind of see this has happened pretty much every decade, maybe a little bit more than every decade, you know, that there's been this evolutionary path and that there have been these profound gateways of initiation. And um we could go all the way back into our childhood, right? And these profound gateways of initiation have thrown most of us into the underworld at some point. There is no one of us who doesn't get to go to the underworld, whether that is through a challenge, an initiation, a death, a divorce, a loss of some kind that throws us there, or by us going on the vision quest, by us electing to go to the underworld, knowing that we're stuck, that we're stagnant, that we need to move and shift something in our lives. And thus we choose to go on the soul journey to deepen into the truth of who we are, to find a part of self that's been missing, to soul retrieve it, to let go of a previous form. You know, I've had a lot of very powerful initiations in my life, and you probably have too. And I think part of my stepping onto the path of the priestess and finding my own roots within the Magdalene mysteries and the sisterhood of the rose and understanding this, this journey of Inanna as being seminal, as being really one that offers a map and an understanding of that journey of evolution. Um, has been something that's been with me for a really, really long time. I first came across the myth of Inanna, I think 25, 30 years ago when I was studying in university. And I was captivated even then. And we did a, I remember we did a um, enactment, a, a dramatic enactment of the Inanna myth. And I've done that many times as a sacred ritual performance, tracking out the, the different gateways and the, the, the different stories between Inanna and Irashkagal and the relationship there. Anyway, the point being here is that there are certain myths and these psychic structures that are living organisms in our culture that are the 
maps or blueprints that we have been given that are ours to work with. And so part of my fascination has always been to do with how do we transform? How do we truly, truly change? Right? So one of the stories that I want to tell you that really began to deepen my own journey with the Magdalene and with the Sisterhood of the Rose was um, about, well, what was it now? <laughs> Eight years ago, nine years ago, almost a full circle of cycle rather ago, I fell pregnant at the age of 46. And some of you will have heard this story because I tell it in the, um, in the beginning of the book, The Ancient Call of the Sacred Priestess. I was 46 years old. I thought that I couldn't get pregnant and, um, I had never fallen pregnant before in my life. And I had just kind of come to the conclusion that this was not going to happen for me this lifetime and that perhaps I wasn't fertile. And I had kind of come to some level of peace with it, or so I thought. I had started a new relationship with the beloved that now I'm still with nine years later. And within the first year of our relationship, we fell pregnant. And it was one of those situations where at 46, I was in kind of almost like a immaculate conception, sort of miraculous moment, right? This felt like it was a shard of light from the goddess herself. Like, how unlikely is it to have a first pregnancy at 46? So after the initial kind of whirlwind of emotion and, oh my gosh, what does this mean? You know, I very quickly settled in to this place where I was... um you know, deeply, deeply moved and completely committed and devoted to giving this child a life through my body. And everything changed, right? And for those of you who've been pregnant or had babies, you know what that means. Literally everything changed. It was like overnight, I became a mother as soon as I really settled into this pregnancy. And Long story short, I progressed through the first trimester and I hit up to 14 weeks. And in the 14th week, I knew something was wrong. I knew that my body was not responding well. I didn't feel well. I'd had a week of really, really, really extreme uh, morning sickness. And I ended up on Samhain, um, just before Samhain, having a miscarriage. And this wasn't dark night of the soul initiation. It was like I was thrown into the underworld. I was disrobed very, very quickly. And I was down at the bottom of the pit, wailing like Ereshkigal, wailing with grief, with the cruelty of it. I, I remember screaming naked in front of the mirror, looking at myself, trying to center myself, screaming at mother that why would she do this to me? You know, it's that ultimate place of victimhood of the place of the victim who feels like this happened to me and that I had no choice and that this was ripped away from me. And it was a very intense underworld journey where I were faced into the level of grief 
at not having had a child previously in my life, at the relationship with my own mother, at having been unmothered, at having been in such a difficult, excruciatingly painful relationship with my mom for her whole life. And it was like everything was a confluence right there. And I was writhing in an intense kind of pain, probably some of the pain that I had never really experienced at that level. And I remember my beloved Diana Dubrow, who's a Magdalene sister and is the one who I um, have co-created the Rosa Mystica Mystery School. And we're, she's my sent, um, anointing priestess teacher and mentor. And she and another sister came to me and they anointed my body with holy oils. They laid on the hands and they anointed my whole body in this sacred practice meeting me in the underworld and giving me the space to to go through the death. It was very, very powerful. On my way in the darkness, I remember there being days where I was unable to really function beyond being in temple space. I could be in temple space, but I really couldn't function in the third dimensional world at all. I was very between the realms. And I know if any of you had these kinds of experiences, you're really in an altered space. And that altered space is actually very, very precious. And it is in the Venus mystery, in the Inanna myth, it's really the, the moment when Inanna is hanging on the meat hook, right? The three days that she's hanging on the meat hook and she is going through that metamorphic process. I even see it as being kind of like this dissolving of who she was and the resurrection is yet to happen. And in the myth, um, these two little creatures Enki creates from dust under his fingernails and he sends these little creatures down into the underworld and they sprinkle in on his body with 60 drops of water. <laughs> And I like to think about the anointing that Diana and Juliana came to do on me as being that dropping of the 60 drops of water, the 60 drops of the anointing oils, which were going to bring me back to life. And that, of course, is also correlated to um, the timing of the Venus cycle. And we'll be getting more into that when we have our interview with Tammy Brunk. But um, one of the things that happened whilst I was hanging on that meat hook was I had an encounter with the Magdalene and it was like a living, waking dream. And what I heard her say to me was that the spirit of my baby, who I knew was a girl, my daughter, was still within me. And in the waking, living dream, Magdalene asked me what her name was. What is this? Who is this daughter? What is her name? And immediately what came to me was her name, Sophia Rose. 
And I know that there are many Sophia Roses that have been born into being in this last um, few years. It's it's definitely a name that's been part of the consciousness, right? So if you have a Sophia Rose, I bow to you. And I heard the Magdalene say to me, you have never been separated from this spirit, from this being, Sophia Rose. She lives within you and is here now to guide you on your journey. For she was never meant to come into the physical form. She was always to be a spirit guide for you. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I heard her and I understood that there was something at play here. And so as I started to be resurrected, coming up from that underworld experience, of course, we're always so deeply changed, right? We're, it's, we're humanized. <laughs> and that's really at the heart of this divine feminine journey of, of embodiment. And it's at the heart of the Magdalene mysteries, the heart of the rose mysteries, is that it is through being tenderized, through going into our humility, through going into the extreme grief, loss, pain, suffering of our humanness and the amazing miracle and illumination and beauty, grace of being human that we awaken to become anthropos, to become awakened as a human, to become unified with our higher self, if you will. And so when I started that ascent journey back, I became really, really aware of my higher purpose, if we can call it that. You know, I'd already been on the path of the priestess, I had already been offering trainings and 13 Moon Mystery School lineage. And, you know, I'd been serving as a therapist for a very long time and a ritual ceremonialist and an artist and all the rest of it. But there was some constellating moment where something was being given birth to within me. And I was aware that I had a emerging creative birth that wanted to come through me. And that birthing became what is now the Priestess Presence Temple, which eight years on is a temple of over 80,000 women with, you know, deep mystery school trainings in different lineages, 13 Moon Mystery School lineage, the Magdalene Mystery School, where we train priestesses to offer their own temple circles to be able to actually deepen their skills of priestessing and transformational work and where we offer pathways of personal initiation and awakening through these amazing templates that are truly founded on this descent journey, on what it means to awaken to the dream of our humanity through love. And so the apex of this story is that really through that descent journey, I died to a previous part of self that was avoiding 
stepping more closely into my mission. And I thought it was going to be through having a child. But what I realized was it was actually through giving birth through my own body to the living temple of remembrance, to a temple that was dedicated to us all remembering the essence of who we are. And there's no way that I could have known that or indeed been propelled at such velocity into that mission because what happened was I met that moment of my own deep question of why am I here then? What is the purpose of this one precious life, as Mary Oliver would say? If I'm not now going to have a child and I realize the heartbreak around that, then I as a woman must use this creative life force energy. I must create something of a legacy. I must bring something through this vessel that I am into being in the world that I can nurture and I can give my life force to. Because what I was aware of was if I didn't do that, that I feared going literally mad, that I would go mad from the grief and the loss of knowing the power of what it feels like to bear life through this body. And so I was propelled and catalyzed, right, by this underworld journey and propelled and catalyzed to learn and to access and to go into creative visioning and meditation and contemplation as to what it meant for me to be a modern-day priestess and to invite others to be modern-day priestesses? What was it to walk the path of the Magdalene, to be a sister of the rose, to embody the rose mysteries? What was all this about? Because there's no like one place we can go, right? <laughs> At least there wasn't for me to, to, to glean all of this. We each hold threads of remembrance. And this is what I think is so extraordinary about the sisterhood of the rose is, is that we come from many, many, many different lineages and we all carry threads of remembrance of what it is to walk this path of divine feminine wisdom embodied, of this path of awakening through our humanity. And this is really where I've become so captivated and deeply in service and devotion to the Magdalene teachings. And um, it is from this awareness that it is not to, I am not here to transcend my humanity. I am here to dive deeply into the darkness, into the shadow, into the places where my humanity and my, my, you know, lower self or my shadow drives and fears and all of those things live. And through seeing that clearly in myself and through loving that part of me, I bring it into unity within myself. And I am able then to access into the truth that I am both a fallible human and I am the divine incarnated. And that marriage, that sacred marriage between heaven and earth within me, within all of us, is what it means to awaken in the body, not to transcend the humanity, but to come down fully into 
our embodied soul presence here to bring the gift of our awakening of our hearts of the the beauty of our presence here to the planet and to create from that place and that's a very different journey than the one that says we're here to transcend and leave of course at some point we all will transcend and leave but the for me the the deeper mystery has been how do you fully get here <laughs> How do we fully become present here? And the rose mysteries hold this eternal hope, this eternal light, which is that we are always here to be born again. And I think it's very interesting that the evangelical Christian movement use that term born again, right? To speak about being born again unto Jesus. But truly that second birth has always been at the heart of every mystery school, whether we go back through the Egyptian mystery schools or the Greek mystery schools or into, you know, the Sumerian mystery schools, there is always this template that we have to consciously die to be reborn to a higher state of awareness. And what I love about this work is not just that we get to embrace our lives as the initiation because it's always initiating us and we never know where the next challenge is going to be or where we're going to be called to make a choice about who we're going to be, right? It's like every day we're given that choice a hundred times, if not more, of like, will you choose love or will you choose the fear? Will you choose separation or will you choose communion? Will you choose to you know, to dissolve that judgment and come closer into the truth of who you are? Will you choose the integrity or will you wobble out of your center, right? Over and over again, life initiates us. And we also have this capacity to go on the journey by choice. It is by choice that we go into the underworld as a soul journey, and not just once a moon with the new moon cycle or at the dark of the year, you know, as we go through Samhain into the underworld to be reborn again in the spring. But every day, as we go from day to night, there is that reflective place of going into the underworld literally every night as we go into the dream time where we get to disrobe our ego, where we get to... Um, lay down to review who have I been today? Who have I been? Who did I choose to be? And not from a place of you've been bad and wrong and that kind of like hellfire and damnation point of view that the Christian church so popularized, but from a place of love from a place of self-understanding and compassion, from a place of integrity, from a place of connection with that higher self, soul self, angelic self, that is our guiding principle here, that really holds us to account, not because we're going to go to hell if we do it wrong, but because we have a chance always to reweave the truth of who we are and who are no longer here in this physical body. We always have the choice to recreate, to dissolve, to forgive, to come into deeper understanding and compassion with self, with other, to come into a deeper place of love, to awaken the heart further. And that is at the heart of the Rose Mysteries. It's that mystery. 
And what I am so inspired by is how applicable it is to our everyday lives, but you know, like how this ancient myth <laughs> that was written down like 3500 BC, <laughs> it's a long time ago, it still holds such incredible relevancy for our soul's journey, that, that, that blueprint of how we get here, how we become fully present and the beauty of it being through embracing our flawed humanity. And there's something so tender in there. I feel it in my heart as I say it. You know, there's something so beautiful in the process of being brought into humility. And I find it so, so powerful that we have that word humiliation, right? That it's the same root, humiliation, humility, human, humanity. And when we really feel into what it is to, to embrace the humility, is to embrace our Lord, beauty. You know, there's that Leonard Cohen song, right? It's so cliched, but there is a crack of every in everything. That's how the light gets in. You know, it's that place where we break open to something, where we are softened, where we are opened to a deeper truth. And it's not just through the big initiations of life, like the miscarriages or the losses or the, you know, the pieces that throw us to the underworld in such a intense way. It's in every moment that the rose is here to go from, you know, the seed to the sprout, to the bud, to the full bloom, to the fragrant bloom to the waxing, falling petals back to the rose hip, right? The rose holds that mystery as the flower and then holds that mystery in the Venus cycle, holds that mystery from the full moon to the new moon, holds that mystery in our menses, in our blood time of the cycle of our ovulation and menstruation, the how that's coded with the tides, with the moon, with the seasons of our lives. You know, these fractals upon fractals of the cycles that are repeated, that are so embedded in who we are, that our physical, emotional, and soul being are yoked together through these cycles of living through our humanity on this incredible cyclical planet of Gaia, Sophia consciousness that is constantly showing us how to awaken to the deeper truth of who we are in remembrance of our eternal selves in a temporal body. This is a path that has given me such hope and such grace. And when I've been in the deepest places of confusion and doubt and being lost, it is to this journey that I have found myself turning. And so Magdalene has been by my side 
at many different junctures over the last 12 to 15 years. And really, truly, (laughs) I believe that I came into this world as a Magdalena. I didn't know it because it wasn't something that was ever talked about. But when I trace back through my life, where I began in a very um, profound and powerful childhood experience of um, being connected into Jesus and into this lineage of love, um, it was evident, as was my relationship with roses. (laughs) More on that later, probably. I wanted to let you all know that if you want to travel further with this conversation with me, that I am offering um, a free call with the Shift Network coming up here um, just in a couple weeks' time. Um, and the link to enroll on that is um, going to be in the show notes. And that later on in the fall, I'm going to be offering a full seven-week program with them, which is um, all about Magdalene's journey of feminine embodiment and how we can travel this underworld journey consciously together. And it takes us through each one of the seven gateways through the um, time of Samhain into winter solstice. And so um, if that's something that you're being called to and something you're really curious about with Mary Magdalene as the guide and mentor, then you might want to check out the um, free call that I'm doing um, that is, you know, taking this conversation just a little bit further. So my loves... There's another interview to come next week on the Venus cycle from an astrological point of view, which I'm sure is going to be absolutely fascinating. I hope you've been enjoying these offerings and um, I'm super looking forward to continuing to deepen in the Magdalene journey and to having you by my side as red women who are here to really shift the planet through our presence through our extraordinary presence, each and every one of you. Okay, from my heart to yours, blessed be. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.